the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith politics, politics, history, history, and current events. Current events. Now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick's fill-in host, Ed Bondarenka, will be joining you momentarily. But in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The Detroit Tigers defeated the Minnesota Twins 10-7 this past Thursday. Nico Goodrum drove in four runs, while Jonathan Scope and Harold Castro each tallied two runs batted in. Goodrum blasted a solo homer in the third inning and a three-run bomb that plated Castro and Jamer Candelario one inning later. Scope singled to send home Akil Badu in the fifth inning and smashed a solo tater in the ninth inning. Harold Castro crushed a pair of doubles to score Jonathan Scope twice, which took place in the fourth and eighth innings. Candelario was sent home on a sacrifice fly by Dustin Garneau, and Willie Castro singled to plate Harold Castro in the eighth inning to round out the Tigers' scoring. Now, here's your Moment of Clarity host, Ed Bondarenka. No, he's not. I didn't know Derek was going to play that. And I just said, no, he's not. He's not back. I am. And welcome. Uh, let's see. Filling in. Oh, Derek, when you said Condelario got sent home, I thought, why? What did he do wrong? But beyond that, you have a sports show some other day on this station. What What day is that and what time is it? Sunday afternoons from 1230 to 1, I host the Stone Cold Sports Truth right here on Wham. Oh, I should have remembered that from actually saying that on my show just an hour ago. Wow, that's, oh, well, getting old, forgetting. So uh, I would like to say thank you to Thomas, and I'm not sure which Thomas this is, for the AMAC subscription that he has offered to Wham hosts. So thank you, Thomas. Appreciate that. And the number to call is 734-822-1600. Call, validate us, but give it a bit. I mean, let's let's get some topics going. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to continuing a discussion since I get to. Uh, Rick's not here to stop me, but I'd like to continue a discussion. The, my show earlier was obviously a pre-recorded show. I recorded that last night at, let's see, we were on 9 o'clock our time. So it was 6 o'clock uh, Pastor Arthur's time, and we recorded till 10. And then I basically had to edit that down again, spend some time. And so, you know, that was a recorded show. But if there are any comments to be made about it, we can continue the conversation or start it in this show. I'm going to play some sound clips along the line that I would have played in that show. Uh, so, like I said, the number is 734-822-1600. Give it a minute because I'm reminded of this guy on cable in the 80s. It really blew me away. I'm flipping through the channels. You know, it was like, what, 500 channels and nothing to watch. And there's this guy sitting there smoking a cigar just sitting there relaxed in a chair and then some pictures of a horse 
and then a pretty woman with his horses, and she's wearing a fur. And it turns out this guy is some pastor. And he's just sitting there, and after a while he starts talking. He says, I'm not going to say anything until the money starts rolling in. I mean, it was the oddest show I'd ever seen. It turns out some friends of mine knew the guy because he used to be a local minister here till he went weird when he went there. And so I just I just couldn't imagine paying good money for a show and then having dead air. No, we don't want dead air now, do we? So I'd like to start off with something that my friend Jay Poplar pointed out, okay? And I think it's kind of timely, it's, it's kind of off topic, but I want to get out of the way. This is from a movie called uh, Lions for Lambs in 2007 with Meryl Streep and uh, Cruz. And so uh, give a listen. What is relevant is the implementation of a new strategy that will win this war. A war we cannot lose. But we're not winning it. Yet. This new strategy can change that. How about a strategy to bring the troops home? So leave. That's not an option. Okay, let's uh, let's play this out. We walk. Afghanistan reverts back to the Taliban. Only now the Taliban has metastasized into something infinitely more vicious and potent because they're now 2-0 versus superpowers. They butcher the people who helped us, who voted, who were stupid enough to put their faith in our word. So call it not only the end of hope for tens of millions of Afghans, but the end of American credibility. The end of America is a force for righteousness in the world. When did America And when we're forced become, to go back in a couple of years, and please quote me on this, we'll be squared off against a shattered Iraq, a hopeless Afghanistan, and a nuclear Iran. How many troops are we gonna need then? I guarantee you'll be adding some zeros. <laughs> Wait. I guess Joe Biden never saw that movie or, or he's just forgotten it like he's forgotten everything else. I mean, who would have thought? Oh yeah, they thought, lots of people thought this would happen. So that's, that's one. Uh, two is, this I found very interesting. This is a Navy surgeon. She's a, she's actually a Navy surgeon. Now, re remember that we have a lieutenant colonel in the Marines who's in jail for saying what he said about Afghanistan. But listen to what this Navy surgeon says. And, you know, one of my big problems is our vaccination of the military. Um, I'm a 10-year Navy surgeon. And uh, so I have Navy people and, and, and Army people calling me. Um, there were only 20 deaths of all the active duty in, tw in 2020 for COVID, 20 and all the services put together. They have a big now that they didn't have when I was in, they have a big epidemiologic base and they can find out exactly what's going on. There were only 20 deaths. We're vaccinating everybody. And um, we've already had tumors and we've had 80 cases of myocarditis, which I'm gonna to get to, but myocarditis has a, has, has a significant mortality, five-year mortality rate, I think it's 66%. So we, with the vaccine program, have ostensibly killed more of our young, young, young active duty people than COVID did. Um, leukemia, another, another uh, blood dyscrasia, cancer. There's 48 per year on average in, in VAERS. We now are up to 229. Uh, myocarditis that I just mentioned. In, in 
31 years of the VAERS, there were 317 cases. Now, this year, 1,113. So, so you can see the, 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 the ongoing numbers. And I can pick almost any diagnosis and you will find the same issues. So the question you have to ask is why, why are we not stopping this? We stopped many things for far less. We stopped working on respiratory syncytial virus vaccine because of 22 deaths of infants in the hospital. We stopped the H1N1 after 53 deaths or 53 serious adverse events. So we are now doing 53 probably a day. Why are we continuing to move on here? Well, in my opinion, um, I think you have to look at your worldview. And this is my new, my new thing. When I talk to people, I say, if you know, if you think we're fighting a virus, you're going to act like a victim. If you think we're, fight, you're, we're fighting a war, you're going to act like a warrior. And my, my argument is we're in a war. Now, we have to determine it's a fifth generation, uncharacteristic, unrestricted war. But we have to determine who the enemy is. Yeah, we have to determine who the enemy is. Well, could it be? Oh, I hate to sound like the church lady. I don't have that sound clip. Could it be Satan? Or could it be your government? Could it be the administration that's trying to, I hate to say it, trying to kill you? Or at least subjugate you and they don't care if they kill you in the process? Because that seems to be what's going on. We, we have a government that's mandating that you do this of and in Canada, as we saw with Pastor Arter, it's far worse. You know, we he has a government that says you can't even have church. We had that for a short while, and that's uh, thankfully that's gone. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we are still an armed people, and uh, we'll get into that topic a little bit later with uh, another quote I'm going to play um, right at the moment. When you hear that bloop. That usually means that Derek is texting me something over Skype, and he just did. And he let me know that Joe from Wyandotte has a comment. And I'd be surprised if Joe didn't, actually. I was very surprised on Abolitionist Roundtable that he didn't. I thought when I called in, I was going to be waiting behind Joe in line. <laughs> so let's talk to Joe for a minute. Joe. Hi, my friend. Yeah, I have a couple. Uh, quickly on your Lions for Lambs. Unfortunately, I paid to see that piece of crap. <laughs> Lefty loon, propaganda, anti-military Robert Redford film when it came out. Don't see it. You played the only redeemable quote <laughs> from the movie. So people can skip it. <laughs> but I was really calling about Pastor Archer quoting 2 Chronicles 7.14. Turn from their wicked ways, pray, and I will hear and heal their land. There is a required action in there. To one, turn whatever wicked ways we may have succumbed to from them and get others to do it. I get tired of people repeating the... I'm saved by the blood of Christ, not in actions, lest one be boastful. Again, one scripture out of context. There are tons of other commandments, like be your brother's keeper. That is a commanded action, a deed, a Christian duty. So we have to not just get on our knees and pray, but also then get our butts off the couch and out and take actions. Hey, Joe, 
I'm going to put out a call now for anybody who's listening because I want to hear calls. I, that's, I want people to validate that they're listening, that we have an audience, and that they're engaged. So um, besides you, besides uh, Gary and a couple others <laughs> and my <laughs> wife. And uh, you said that there's a command to be your brother's keeper. Now, I'm, I understand that that's oh, implied in another command uh, love your neighbor as yourself, but man, be your brother's keeper. That that has implications such as, you know, somebody who is kept is somebody who's usually in servitude. Now, I'm sure that's not what you meant, but if somebody else wants to call about that, that's fine. Well, All right, but you're absolutely well, right. That's not what I meant. I'm certainly <laughs> sure it is not what Christ meant. <laughs> and, uh, well, that's and, the point. Uh, I don't... And it also doesn't mean redistribution. Jesus wasn't a socialist. It doesn't mean render unto Caesar falsely misquoting that scripture to government to steal from one neighbor to give to another neighbor so you can sit on your butt and pretend you've done it. Okay. So, um... I'm going to give you special dispensation to come back with a comment in the second half hour because we've got some other stuff to play and some other stuff to say. Okay? So, all right, you great. Get a Thanks for watching, my friend. I love you, brother. Take care. God bless all. Talk to you in the second half, then. Yep. Use it wisely. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, here we have that Navy surgeon telling us, you know, things aren't so cool with the VAX. And I hear so many conservative commentators say, I'm not telling you whether to take the vax or not take the vax. Uh, that's your choice. Well, I'm highly advising you don't. I mean, it's a dangerous thing to do for some people. And the people, we know that if you have the comorbidities, but there are young people who have taken the vax, healthy people, nominally healthy people who have taken one of these shots and ended up with a, an embolism and died. And, and you have like Pastor Rick, he doesn't have any, he's not you know, obese or, you know, grossly unhealthy. He's just an older guy like myself. He's not even as old as I am. And he's got this heart condition now, the direct result of taking a jab. So I'd, I'd highly encourage you not to. And I, if for nothing else, there's no good reason to take it except maybe to keep your job. And is your, your life and your health worth your job? That's one, uh, Two, if you stand up and don't take the jab, then you are actually standing up for your rights as an American citizen. And I, I highly, highly advise that. Uh, but your mileage may vary. We've got Gary from Arizona on the line. Gary, welcome, my brother. Hey, man. <clears throat> you know what? You were speculating whether it could be Satan or the government. And uh, it, it appears to me that the government is pretty much vindicating Christians believing there's a Satan, because what they're doing is so diabolically evil to the people they're supposed to protect and defend, that it would be easy to um, go over to the mystical or the spiritual to blame. Uh, and of course, you know, I'm speaking from a different perspective. But right. If they, they want to stop, if you want to stop, um, the evil, you know, you, you, you gotta, you, that pastor you had on last hour was fantastic. He said everything I've been believing for a long time. 
is the church would just get together, stand together. You've got God on your side. How can you? How can you lose? But there we are. Every time I turn around, the church stands down or joins the enemy. You guys got to get your stuff together and fight as a unit and get the armor of God, or this country's sunk. And that, that, as you know, that's one of the reasons I support Christians is because they believe my rights come from God, not from man. So you won't take them. So you guys got to get into gear. You remind me of, uh, say, like Jews, like Je- Dennis Prager. You know, I'm not a Christian, but I thank God they're around. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite right. Quite right. You guys, keep it up, you know. <laughs> hey, let me play this for you real quick. I found it. Satan! <laughs> Could it be Satan? Yeah. So, um, let's see. Oh, let's see. Uh-oh, it's dead air. I'm taking a minute to think. That's not good. If Pastor Rick were here, he'd kick in, but he's not. So do you have anything else you want to comment along those lines, Gary? Well, um, as you, well, on these lines, I can go up for a long time, but I want to <laughs> jump the shark a little bit and mention about this 50,000 uh, illegal immigration caravan coming our way. And here again, our government uh, is going to cause so much harm and damage to these to us, you know, and who else would do that? But but some omnipresent evil being from another dimension. I mean, what's going on here? Why why can't our government protect us? I, I, hey, can I? I'm going to tell you a personal story. It's kind of embarrassing. I'm going to tell it on air because I think it's important. I heard somebody on the radio today talking about bed bugs. And, you know, in regards to the alien invasion of the Southwest, and they're migrating all over. They're here in Michigan. And I recently bought a truck. I bought it used, and it had cloth seats, which is okay. I'd rather it didn't, but, you know, it was part of the deal. And I bought this truck. Now, you might guess where this is going, but a little while later, but not enough to be immediately obvious I got this like bug bite on my hip. And if you remember, mosquitoes were, well, you don't, you're in Arizona, but mosquitoes were horrible here at the end of this summer and the beginning of fall. And I just imagined I got bitten by a, a, a mosquito that was really nasty or something or something else. Well, then that kind of, and it was really itchy. And it finally went away after a couple of days and some more popped up on another part of my hip and then another part. And this went on for, sorry to say, I'm kind of stupid. I let it go on for a while. Meanwhile, we're searching the sheets. We're not finding anything in the sheets. We're doing laundry. I'm I'm a shower or two a guy day. I know personal cleanliness. My wife keeps this house fastidious. But she figures, you know what, you need I think to it's that truck. shorten story a little bit? Pardon me? I think you need to shorten this story just a bit. Why is that? Because you got too many details. Oh, okay. Regardless. All right. Well, thank you for that. Anyways, it boils down to where I see a doctor a week ago and she says, well, you've got scabies. Uh, well, that's just ducky. And I tell her about the truck and she says, yeah, he probably got him from the truck. So Sherry goes out and she vacuums the th- truck thoroughly and finds two bed bugs in it. And here's the real funny thing is I'm given this cream to put over my body from the neck down everywhere. And in a day, it went away, but I was told to leave it on for 12 hours. I check up this medicine, 
And they found that I found that there's an even better medicine for this that I might have had had I lived in another country. And I don't know if you can guess this or not. Can you guess what other medicine I might have gotten that would that would fix this? <laughs> that hydromyctical stuff? Close. Ivermectin. In studies, ivermectin outsurpasses this this topical cream that uh, that they give you, and yet I can't get it because what? It's horse medicine, right? Yeah. No. So okay. I got a, a personal story. You sure. know, because the stimulus package, the government once again doing stupid stuff, it has affected my VA benefits and the IRS. I'm dealing with them for the first time in my life. How so? Um, I owe them money because they gave me so much. That's how so. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, it's just the way it is. You know, they don't think yeah. about the ramifications of what they're doing. They just sit up there and pass laws and do whatever they do. And we, the people, have to pay the, the ultimate price. Because I know many, many people who just do not understand what the government's doing and why they're doing it. And they're so oh. happy about it. They smile and cheer and pat themselves on the back for screwing the American people over. That's a fact. I mean, I run into people and they say, did you know this? And, you know, like, well, yeah. If you listen to my radio show, you'd probably know that. You know, yeah, I do know that. Um, and it, things are, people are waking up to what's going on around them. Uh, hopefully they'll wake up sooner. That's part of my prayer on, well, on my sure, show. I, that, brother, I've heard that mantra all my life about people waking up. We, we tried to wake up with Ronald Reagan. You know, George Bush was supposed to really help us, but he turned into a scumbag. So hopefully um, we can turn the tide, but there's no guarantee. Nothing lasts forever. All civilizations crumble. Yeah, give a second here. Give me a second. See about that. You take the blue pill. The story ends. <laughs> you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Pretty interesting. The color choices there. Blue for left and red for conservative, eh? Yeah. But the, the, the Wonderland, though, that's absolutely true, because the, the media, they spin the story. They, they lay out the tapestry that we're all supposed to follow. And it, most of it, 80% of it, is just BS. But if you're weak-minded and you have no education, you'll follow that. And then you'll start uh, marching in the street and tearing up your own city. You know, I pointed out when The Matrix came out to a young man that I worked with at the time, uh, how I thought that the Matrix was a very spiritual movie because in it, you see that there's an alternate reality. And in the movie, it's shown as being a computer simulation. But I believe in real life, we live in a world where the real world is happening behind it, the spiritual world, world the one where real power resides, the one where real effects on daily life are. And we tap into that as Christians when we reach out to God and he reaches out to us, he, remember, he first reached out to us. And that's what that's what Christianity is, a relationship with the living God through the sacrifice that he provided for our sins through Jesus Christ. I just got to get that plug in there. But the fact is that there is, it's not Eastern mysticism, this mysterious world. No, there's, there's spiritual warfare going on. There are battles. And if you want to win this battle, in the long run, if you want to win this battle, you will, you will become part of the conquering army, which is the church. And it looks weak now, and it really looks like it's filled with saboteurs and fifth columnists. 
but that's the answer. So um, I want to ask Derek, how many minutes do I have left? I know it's seconds before the music starts. Yeah, we've got about 15 seconds before the music starts, and then you'll 15 have... 15 seconds. Yep. In 15 seconds, I can say, thanks, Gary. I appreciate your call and being part of the conversation. Anybody else who wants to call, please join us after the after the half hour. This one went rather rather quickly. I hope it was interesting to those who were listening. Thank you. Thank you. Pastor Richard Dietering on WAM. Pastor Rick's fill-in host, Ed Bondarenka, will be joining you shortly. But once again, in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. 35 years ago, on October 4th, the fourth-ranked Michigan Wolverines football team defeated the Wisconsin Badgers 34-17. Jim Harbaugh scored on a four-yard touchdown run and completed 15 out of 24 pass attempts for 310 yards, which was a single-game school record for the most passing yards, and he tossed a three-yard touchdown pass to Gerald White. Thomas Wilcher, who tallied 74 rushing yards, scored on a pair of carries from five and two yards out, and Pat Moon's buried field goals from 28 and 35 yards to complete the Wolverines' scoring. Andy Moeller recorded three interceptions, and J.J. Grant recovered a fumble to lead the Michigan defense. Now, here's your Moment of Clarity host, Ed Bondarenka. Yeah. Well, I'm so literal. Literal. You say that he recorded those interceptions. I'm imagining him there with his phone out, you know, but I'm sure that's not what happened. So, oh, let's see, because I'm not really a sports guy. You may have guessed that. We have a couple people on the phone, but I want to play a recording here first. This is very interesting. This is uh, Representative Cindy Axney. She is a Democrat in the House of Representatives. See if you can't figure that out for yourself. So now all the schools are back wanting to put mask mandates in and all the the anti-vaxxer crazies are out there with their, you know, it's it's a a hot mess. I'll I'll be honest, you know, Christian right is, you know, everything under the guise while they hold a cross and, you know, for God or whatever. And they and they use it like a weapon. And it's painful to watch because they've uh, they've weaponized religion they've weaponized politics for god or whatever <laughs> and and like we talked about in the last hour with uh pastor arthur who was really weaponizing that's what they think of christians that's what they think of us on the left and uh you know we might think they're wrong they want to put us in jail let's talk to elizabeth from troy elizabeth good good afternoon um i differ with my pal, Brother Gary. It's not the church who's dropping the ball. My pastor is a lot like Pastor Artur. He is Canadian, 
and he came to the United States 13 years ago because he stood up against Sharia law. And in Canada, you cannot do that. He would be in jail, just like they're trying to put Pastor Artur in jail. I am a patriot, as you are, and all of the people listening to your fabulous show today and that amazing interview. Um, can you can you say how we can send that podcast to people? I need to send that out so that people can listen to Pastor Artur. Oh. Oh, I am so glad you asked. Thank you. So go to WAM. The easiest way to do this is to go to whamradio.com, the station's webpage. Uh-huh. And there's a yep. tab there on the webpage. It says podcasts. And you go down there and you find my smiling face, you know, in a picture. Okay. And I think you click on that picture. You don't click on the text. That takes you to a description of me. But if you click on my picture... Okay. Or anybody else's picture, because I do podcasts for all the, all the Saturday hosts and even Sunday. And, um, Great. Yeah, and so you click on that, and it will take you to the where the podcasts are stored for my show, and that would be the top one. And then you can right-click on it, and you can save the address of that. Uh, there's different ways of getting the link for that using Windows. And um, let's see now. Let's see. Are we friends on Facebook, Elizabeth? Yes, yes. And and I I was Pat Colbeck's Oakland County Volunteer Coordinator and I stood before hundreds of groups of lazy, lazy Republicans mostly and patriots. And it's amazing how lazy most people are. We are the they call us two percenters, but I think it's point five percent of our population. It, people just aren't paying attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You it's like, know, like, you like, know things. I know things. I I listen to conservative radio. I got a smartphone because of conservative talk radio. I listen in my pocket a good part of the day when I'm not otherwise occupied. So I know things, and it terrifies me. But I'm out there. I I'm an I'm an activist, and a lot of the people listening are activists. I know Joe is active out in his part of town and we have to keep active and we have to push back. I'm 75. I'm very healthy. I did a half marathon with Angie Colbeck a few years ago without any preparation, which was the stupidest thing I've ever done. Um, (laughs) And, and I take supplements. I take supplements. So I'm not going to get sick. I know, you know, we don't have to, and and I have Irvermectin from the pet store because I can't get it from a doctor. Anyway, we have to protect ourselves, and we can do it. We don't have to take that stupid shot, and I'm so sad that the other host, you know, whose place you're taking today is suffering. That's correct. And it, it, it just, it, it saddens me so tremendously. I recently lost a job because I refused to take the jab or to wear a mask. I said, you know what? Mm -hmm. I know better and I'm not going to do it. So God bless you. I could talk forever and I know I can't do that. So (laughs) thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Elizabeth. You're a patriot, and I appreciate that. And once again, I post uh, the shows on Facebook on the various hosts um, on timelines on my timeline and there's actually a page devoted to 
um, abolitionist roundtable that I started a year or two ago where we post there besides on Bruce's and Ron, Ron's uh, page and then Rick's page. And of course, um, Dick has his own website with the podcasts on it. And uh, then there's the uh, uh, the intersection, Pastor Sean's, uh, Pastor Sean Top. Find him on Facebook, and I post his shows, which are always excellent. They're only a half hour long. They're always excellent. So let's see now. Uh, I want to play one more thing before I get to gear uh, to Walter. Excuse me, and then we have Cindy in line also. But it's really floored me, and I want to see if I'm sure others have heard it. But I just want to review it. Let's go. I've prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have to solve this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to let them know that this is how we can get fight, fight this pandemic, come back to normal, and then start talking about the real issues that we have to. That I'm not going to let that go on much longer. That's the uh, the newly minted false prophet, or excuse me, governess of New York. Um, oh, what's her name? Huckle, I think it is. And she's the new governor. And um, yeah, she wants you to join her religion. And I'm just wondering about that religion. Could, uh, well, let's not plan. Could it be Satan? Yeah, I think so. So uh, let's move on. Um, let's see if Walter wants to join her church. Walter? Ed, you are a phenomenal man. Hey. <laughs> I Early play one on radio. With the pastor. Great. Man, I heard that sound bite earlier this week on another radio show. And I would like to send that church. That guy's been controversial lately. I'm not mistaken. Isn't that A. Bernard's church? Oh, you're cutting in and out, Walter. I'm finding it hard to understand you. Derek can't oh. hear you either. He's giving me the shrugs. Hey, call back, okay? Hello. Get a better landline okay. or something, and we'll talk to Sydney from Tucson. But call back, Walter. I want to hear what you have to say. All righty? Thanks. So let's hear what Cindy has to say. Hi. Good afternoon, um, Ed. Hi. I was... I was calling to let you know that on Tuesday, the House with 181 Democrats and 135 Republicans passed the the NDAA Act, which in turn changes the wording of male citizen or male person to just citizen, that you had to be 18 
to register um, for the draft. So if this passes the Senate, all of our female girls are going to have to register for the draft, and they're going to get drafted. You know it, because we have Biden in office. And we're probably going to go to war somewhere. Yeah. Cindy, uh, you said our female girls, and I know what you meant by that, but that's as opposed to our male girls, right? Or our males yeah. pretending they're girls, or our girls pretending they're males. It gets so confusing. It does. It gets very confusing. But yes, they, I hope this doesn't pass. Um, I don't believe women should be in the military. That's just my personal belief. I, I just don't believe we should be especially in drafting if we're drafting we're going to war i don't want my 18 year old family member or whoever to be out on the front line you know, i just don't cindy cindy i i'm i'm kind of torn on this issue i don't want women in combat okay i'm kind of mm -hmm. got a real problem with women in combat but women in the draft, now I have I have family members, I have nieces, uh, they're girls too, they're girls, that's why we call them nieces, not as opposed yeah. to something else, you know? And mm -hmm. they served honorably in both the Air Force and the Army, they're like daughters to me, and, um, and the Navy, I forgot about the other one, so we're well covered there. And um, yeah, they I have, served I have, well, and they served honorably, and they did a good job, but I don't want them in combat. But if you're going to draft men and you're going to allow women and women want all this equality, then maybe women should be drafted. I just don't think combat. What do you think? I, if they are not on the front line, then I guess it's okay. It should be a personal choice. I honestly don't believe that our females should be required to join, to be forced to be in the military. I okay. honestly I, do not. I fully understand. I fully understand that. And while I'm thinking in terms of it frees up people to be riflemen who were, you know, in clerical sh uh, slots mm -hmm. and it frees up men to go out on the front. They may not appreciate that if they don't want to go on the front, but there is that. So thanks for calling. It's a good point of view. I appreciate it. And it's a good Bye -bye. morning. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm really concerned about a lot of things that the Republicans are voting for right now, including debt increases. Like, like we need to borrow more money. Wow. So let's see, is Walter back or not? No, Walter is not back. You know, along the lines of, of what the Republicans have been doing, they um, recently oh, voted for this debt ceiling increase. And, you know, <laughs> there is a lot of moneyed interests who want the United States to increase it's debt ceiling so that we will borrow more so that they can actually lend more to the United States and, you know, collect the interest. I mean, they have a financial um, interest in the United States. They're like leeches. They're like trying to bleed us dry. And that's that's a very sad place to be. Now, um, going back to the, the shot and going back to uh, the government again, and its involvement. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, once again, Jay Poplar, let me know on Facebook that uh, New York University Langone 
And other hospitals in New York and Long Island are forcing that if the parent is not vaxxed, they will not release babies from the natal ICU to parents or after birth as part of CDC guidelines. It's you need to show vax passports, you know, to, to see your own newborn baby. Now, something I did post on Facebook and my blog recently was a film clip from a movie with Michael Douglas in 1993 or something, the movie Falling Down. And uh, in that, Michael Douglas, so we had a similar situation where we had white men losing their job because of mandates in the marketplace. And, and Michael Douglas played an aerospace engineer who lost his job for, for no good reason. And he saw what society was doing and he blamed society and he blamed, uh, uh, it wasn't himself, he didn't do it. It was just people on the left doing things. And of course, being a right-wing nut job, like they wanted to portray him, he went and got a gun and he started using it. You know, I, I just wonder at what point is somebody going to go postal all this. Oh, I lost my job because you mandated me to get a shot. I mean, I'm not advocating that, folks. I'm just wondering when it's going to happen. You won't let me have my baby out of the hospital because I don't have the shot. I'll be right back. I can imagine this happening. I just, I'm just waiting for it to happen. So uh, Walter's back on the phone. Let's see what Walter has to say again. Walter? That's right. I'm back. Yeah. Hey, man. Keep going. You're Great. doing well. Wonderful, wonderful stuff today. And those passes you had on, you said that was a pre-recording? We recorded matter. it last night, late last night, yes. It doesn't matter. We need to get you on another station. I'm not uh, taking away from Wham 1600, a good venue for you and my other buddies. But I'd like to get you on 1400 so you can, make, uh, so you can stir up a lot of anger to, uh, from the blacks out of Detroit. I noticed <laughs> I would love to tune into that. That would be recreation for me, and I would join you and reinforce you because you got, uh, we can get, we got to get you guys on, uh, you and Ron and the rest of Bruce and the rest of you on 1400 also. But it, that would be nice. But anyway, uh, you get a broader audience. Many more people called in, many more hostile people called in, and you guys can really put your tools into, into effect, you know, things you know, and, uh, and, uh, roll up your sleeves and get, and really, uh, refute some of them, you know, all that knowledge just stored down to you guys from your oh. adversaries. But let me say this about, I heard that soundbite earlier on another radio show about the governorness, governess, whatever you call her, from New mm -hmm. York, uh, taking God's name in vain. That's right, I said it, taking God's name in vain. Mm -hmm. uh, like, she wasn't quoting from the King James, she's quoting from the LeBron James Bible. And, mm -hmm. and by the way, uh, I, I doubt if she's even a Christian, and and, and these 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 dummies like her, they know who what kind of churches to go to. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's a controversy. That church has been the center of controversy lately. I think with the Black Lives Matter nonsense pushing that message, and all, and all the end to add in, insult to injury, they bring her in there to speak in their church when they should have been telling her to sit down and get preached to and repent, so she can repent of her evil ways. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, is that A.R. Bernard's church? I'm sorry, who again? A.R. Bernard? Yeah, I think that was his church, his church he's preaching at. Well, oh, I have I have no idea. I just happened to see it on the news, and, and uh, I copied the audio of it. It was sad. Yeah, she it's satanic. It's name, satanic. Talking about it. Yeah, and, the, and, and instead of that church, they, they're good for standing up and shouting at shout me messages. 
they should have been getting up and shouting her down. And she and they know where to go to the predominantly black church, if I'm not mistaken, to push that garbage, to push this communism. Don't you ever feel like you right now? Don't you feel like sometimes Ed with this vaccine mandate and, and mass, mass, mass? You know, the mass of submission, the mass of suff- suffocation, or uh, the mask of uh, surrender. Uh, don't you feel like we live in a live version of Left Behind with Kurt Cameron sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I see the mask as a uniform these days. I see it as an indicator. Some people, I think, see it as a virtual, virtue signal. I see it as a signal that they have no virtue. They have, they have, they, they want to subjugate me. It's me versus them. Now, I know some who wear a mask just because they're fearful. And I understand that. And I wish they weren't. And it's, that's, I mean, the mask is useless. It's just utterly useless as a defense against this. But people cling to these masks. And to some, it's a sign of pride. You see them wearing it. You see them do the dumbest things, wearing them in their car, wearing them walking the dog, wearing them, uh, I mean, a couple, a really nice couple. I, they were at the diner the other day. And they, they're sitting there talking to us across the table. So they're not the enemy. I know that. But I have no idea why they put on a mask to get up and walk out the diner. I mean, is it just force a habit? Recently, I was at, I hadn't been to a drugstore in God knows when, but my wife had a prescription. We drove the drive through at Rite Aid to pick up the prescription. I kid you not, I could not understand what that pharmacist uh, young lady was saying behind that window that we pulled up to. Finally, I got upset. I said, take that mask off, please. I can't exactly. hear one word you're saying. And she smiled, and I and I, then I start, started describing to her how how uh, it's a big scam that you're wearing that mask. And guess what? She agreed with me, but she had to kind of tone it down a little bit. She agreed mm-hmm. with us, Ed, and I believe she's conservative. Hopefully, preferably a Christian. But you know what? A lot of people are debunking this mask, including on my job. They reinstated the mask with uh, three weeks ago. At first, it was all right not to wear it. All of a sudden, they surrendered. We got this mask police lady walking around. She works in human resource, walking around there, walking around the plant, harassing people. And guess what? There, we are defying her. We're sick of this mask. And like, like the Reverend, the pastor said on your other show, it's time to take a stand. And yes. instead of the tough get going, and, and I find out when the tough get, when everything gets tough, get, what, what do the tough do in this country? They take off running. When the going gets tough, the tough in this country, including our pastors doing this COVID shutdown, they got to running. And those pastors are a rebuke to a lot of our American pastors who's preaching pre-tribulation rapture. In other words, we ain't going to go through no suffering. We out of here. And that's another okay. subject there. but. <laughs> All right. Well, I got I got a couple more callers and uh, only two minutes to do it in. So I'm going to take another call, Walter. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. And I know, Joe, you're on the phone. I invited you. But Henry from Ann Arbor is on the line. I am going to put him ahead of you, if you don't mind. You already had a call. Thank you, Henry. Thanks for taking the call. Your uh, last program should be passed around to all the churches in the nation. They should play that as their sermons going forward. They should repeat it until we get it. Uh, you know, they say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And that's exactly what's happening. My issue I'm struggling with, I don't think civil disobedience is a word. I think it's godly obedience is what we should be doing. I'm mm-hmm. kind of getting tired of sitting on the sidelines. I need to be doing some action to do make something happen. 
I'm ready to step out of the choir into the action. So I don't think civil disobedience is is the focus. It's godly obedience. Thank you. Excellent point, Henry. Thank you so much for making it. Let's put Joe on. I told him he could. We got a minute and 17. Let's see what he can do in that short amount of time before the music starts. Joe. Just to elaborate what Liz said, to follow up what I said, if people are lazy, they're making excuses, especially if they have young kids. I'm busy raising my family. Well, guess what? The government is trying to counter your programming of your children. If you don't find time to be involved, there will be no American dream for them. Nothing but a dystopian nightmare if the fascocrats and the far too many enabling rhinos continue to get their way. You must find time. All that is uh, all that is needed for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. Love you, brother. Take care. God bless. Well, I hear music. Thank you. And I'd like to thank all our callers. I appreciate that. I just want to quote Cicero, the Roman. Freedom is a possession of inestimable value. Thank you for joining us on more Moment of Clarity. Uh, next week, I'm sure Pastor Rick will join us again. Thank you very much. And God bless America. Thank you, Derek. been listening to a moment of clarity on wham talk 1600 with your host pastor richard dietering be sure to tune in again next week right here on wham radio 